And welcome to another Horizon Roundtable podcast. I'm not Bob, but you probably already know that already. This is Matt here. You can find me at Talk OU. Filling in for Bob. He's out this week, and he's allowed to do that every once in a while. But uh, don't worry. You don't have to just listen to me. Uh, joining me today, coming from Northern Kentucky, is Kyle Craven. Hey, what's up, everybody? Find me at, at Kyle Craven underscore NR. And then, of course, at Norse Report. Are you always the Norse Report guy, or is there a couple of you that do that one? Um, so it's it's funny you ask. Uh, Chris uh, Hart. So he's at Chris Hart underscore NR. Um, we both run the social the Twitter account, um, but we have a few other people on the on the staff as well as far as like writing goes. Um, but we're we're usually the faces behind the um, behind the the account. Uh, you'll be able to tell very obviously which one of us is tweeting from the account because we both have very different tones. I'm more, uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as bad as NKU Valhalla, but I trend more on that side of things. And Chris is more like professional and buttoned up. <laughs> so we definitely get to see both sides of that. Well, cool, man. Kyle, you ready to talk about, uh, the week that was, uh, there's a whole lot of player stuff going on. I was oh, yeah. another bad week for the horizon playing. We'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about, uh, what's coming up in the next week. Sound cool. Yeah, no doubt, man. Let's do it. All right, we're going to start with a whole lot of player updates. Man, there was some some personnel things going on within the horizon this week. Um, first one, uh, Tank Hemphill out for the season. Big blow for those guys over at uh, Green Bay. Yeah, that's brutal, man. I mean, I you know, I to be honest with you, I, I've I've gotten a chance to kind of keep up a little bit, mostly on Twitter, with how the rest of the league is doing. Um, I haven't actually gotten a chance. Green Bay is one of the only teams I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and actually watch one of their games yet this year. Um, but I know that Tank is like he's obviously super important, and that team, uh, and you know, sort of was a dark horse. I think I I might have had them fourth this year, um, or maybe fifth behind UIC, uh, which is another. Well, I mean, we can talk about that later. But um, yeah, I, it's brutal for them. I feel really I feel really bad for them. I, I think I said on Twitter when I saw that Tank uh, got hurt. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, it sucks for the league. Like you you hate to see it. I know that everyone wants their team to be in a better position. So like you know, if someone like that goes down, you're kind of in the back of your mind. Like you shouldn't be thinking this, but you're kind of like, well, uh, good for us, right? I, I don't feel that way at all. Um, I, I want this league to be absolutely the best it can possibly be every every uh, uh, game, and I want us to still be on top of it. Um, when I say us, I mean NKU, obviously. And so, you know, you see that and you're just like, geez, that's just, you can't help but just hate it, you know? I, that's, I fully agree. I saw that, and, you know, I'm never happy to see a player injury. You know, if some of the others, you know, you get yourself suspended or something, I'm going to gonna laugh at you and, you know, revel in that. But but an injury is not anything you want to see in this league. You, end of the day, you want every team at, at 100% when you face them. And uh, seeing Hempel go down for the year, I, I mean... It sounds like he's probably going to get the medical red shirt, so we'll we'll get another yeah. year after all, which is great for him. You know, I hope that it everything's okay. But you know, what I mean, like you just you don't want to see that, and that 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 sucks. Yeah, yeah. To uh, you're you're 100 right. Uh, Phoenix Rising actually on Twitter, uh, they corrected me on something. I so to, again to highlight the fact that I haven't watched Green Bay yet uh, this year. I I made the wrong assumption that he had been playing all season. I wasn't really sure. And uh, so I quote tweeted and said, well, I guess he's only played 10 games. So per NCAA rules, that's less than th- that's 30 percent of the season. So he should be able to get the red shirt. And they corrected me and let me know that uh, he had only actually played one full game. So played, um, played one game, 11 minutes. That's all that's all he'd gotten in this year. So. Yeah. So, so he's he's a lock. He's a lock for the red shirt. Now, 
unfortunately for Green Bay, what that does, and I mean, who knows? He's hurt, so he probably won't have a ton of opportunities out there. But unfortunately for Green Bay, what that does is it definitely opens up the whole grad transfer thing. I don't know if he's already transferred or anything like that um, before, but if he wanted to, he could consider that. We know how, you know, how crazy transfers are in today's NCAA. So. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Let's let's move, keep moving because that's the perfect transition to our next uh, player update. Uh, Rashad, free Rashad over here in Oakland land. Uh, Rashad Williams does not get his uh, waiver request. Uh, it was denied on on the appeal, which just blows my mind. I am I am sh- actually really surprised. Well, so uh, was it the NCAA that that blew that that uh, that that did that denied him? Yes, at the end of the day, it's the NCAA. As much as I'd love to blame Scott Garrett, and I think they did some really shitty things, and you know, didn't they made his life harder? End of the day, the NCAA. Oh, go ahead. He dragged his feet. He dragged his feet, didn't he? Like, uh, you're you're gonna have to keep uh, catch you up to speed on this. I thought my understanding was that Scott Garrett basically like dragged his his. He was like the he was like the petulant child. You're you know you're dragging through the grocery store. Like he did everything he could to like stop that from happening. Is that not true? Yeah. That's accurate. Basically, what it comes down to is the way the transfer works now. Um, the school is asked um, if they are okay with this transfer. They don't get the say on it, but they just—that's one yeah. of the questions. And uh, Cleveland State had had an issue with all their transfers. They they said no. I can tell you from the Oakland standpoint, all those transfers, um, you know, Norris to uh, Loyal, all those um, can't be said. Yeah, cool. If they don't want to be here, I'm not. I'm not going to be the one to stand in the way. Then when the NCAA looks at it, they say, no, you're transferring just to transfer. Cool, you know, you sit out your year. But uh, the Cleveland State ones, Cleveland State said to every one of them that they had an issue. So they all were denied initially. Um, but then some of these, uh, what is it, Rashad Dunn um, going to St. John's? I think that's where he is. At, um, you know, that got picked up by Dick Vitale at one point. It put a lot of pressure on the NCAA. Um, you know, he transferred without ever playing a year at Cleveland State. And, you know, he got his... Um, Rashad, Rashad's was, was a family thing. Um, there was sick, I believe it's his dad or a family member that was sick. He wanted to come closer to home. That's, that's, well, a, that's what it's supposed to be about. But after the initial one and then NCAA took a second look at it, they still denied him. So he is done for the, done for the year. Uh, listen, 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 listen. You don't even have to go that far about the family thing. That, that might be that, you know, I'm, I'm not taking it away. That that's not, that that's and saying that's not the reason, but I'll give you an example. Chris vote from NKU. Right. Yeah. So he 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 left and and followed Coach Brandon, John Brandon, when he left NKU and went to UC. Chris Boat left and joined him. We signed, as far as I know, we signed his waiver the day he wanted to be gone. Uh, that's what you know. Uh, um, Ken bought off, released him. We didn't even have. I don't even think Darren Horn. I think Darren Horn had just gotten hired, um, like maybe two or three days in, and we got the news that Boat was transferring. So I look. It has to me. It has nothing to do with the whole like you know be close to family, whatever. At the end of the day, the guy that recruited you is gone. There's a new guy coming in. You have no idea where you fit in with that guy. You have you should have every right to transfer. And the thing is, there's inconsistency. The NCAA has zero. Uh, they do not abide by precedent at all. They 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 set a precedent when they let someone transfer, like Chris Vote, and then. They hold someone out like Rashad for no reason, and there's zero difference in that situation. In fact, you could make the case that Rashad has more of a reason to be allowed because he's transferring, like you said, to be close to family. Uh, hours, I mean, we're what Cleveland and uh, Cleveland and Mich- and uh, Detroit are how many hours away from each other? Uh, three to, three I don't to know. four. Three to okay, four. Three to four. Three to four. Chris Vote transferred 15 minutes away. Yep. Um, and, and so like. 
there's zero precedent and all what, what it comes down to and you're not going to find anyone out there uh within the, within our like horizon league group or whatever you want to call it that is more anti-ncaa than i am what it comes down to the ncaa is a corrupt organization that has zero all they are is a governing body they have no um rhyme or reason to why they do things other than just to flex on people that's it so it's absolute garbage but i i've obviously don't know a ton about this rashad situation but i've been seeing you guys on twitter about it and it's unbelievable to me it, dri- it drives me insane and uh I, I really hope something is done about it from a large scale uh whether it's you know teams say f the ncaa and start leaving it and join and start their own thing and we just get rid of it all completely or there's got to be some massive structural change. Well, um, and that's Tom, all. Tom Izzo, he left the, the uh, national coaches, something or other that he was a part of when his, he had a transfer situation that he was very unhappy with the way it played out. And he just said, you know what? I'm out. Like he, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, they, they opened this transfer portal last year and I think they opened up way more than they expected. And I have a feeling that in the next year or so, there's going to be a lot of changes about how things are done. And hopefully that'll help because this Rashad situation was just, I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for the family. Um, it's just, it's just not cool. I, I will say uh, that I, I can, I can see legitimate situations where the NCAA might have to step in and say, uh, "Look, here's the window for when you can transfer and stuff like that," just to keep things organized. But at the end of the day, you're not paying these kids. Like these kids are making schools millions of dollars. I mean, obviously, maybe not at our level. That's not what's happening. But this is the one source of power these kids have is control over their destiny. Like, can you imagine uh, Matt going into work every single day and like no. not being able to not being able to get a new job? Like you have a terrible day at work and you're like, F, like me and you can be like F this place and we can start looking on LinkedIn tomorrow and start looking for new jobs. But these guys are stuck like they can't they can't. And, I don't, and I'm so over the tired argument of like, well, they get free school. I don't give a crap. I mean, free school doesn't make up for a terrible situation. So. Well, exactly. And like I said, I mean, it, it it's just the inconsistencies that, that drive me nuts. Like you said, the Chris Vote versus Rashad Williams thing here is just that that is everything you need to see in, in a nutshell of, of what this problem is. So mm-hmm. so we learned that this week, though, that his uh, his waiver was denied. His appeal was denied. Um, and let's just do the, the last bit of bad. The other bit of bad news. Um, Skyler Potter over at Wright State is transferring. Didn't see that coming. No, that's weird. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't really know why or what the deal is. Like, I honestly, do you know, like, what his? I mean, is he getting minutes? Is he was? Um, he's a depth guy. I mean, oh, I can pull it out. I know he, he's. I mean, he's not like not like they're giving up a starter here or anything. But um, you know, he's coming off the bench and was. I mean, he was definitely getting minutes. He he was a part of of this team. It's not you know, it's not like he's being redshirted or anything crazy like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want. I wonder. I mean, I don't. I I probably should have looked a little bit more into this when we he's first getting, started. But he's getting sixteen, almost seventeen minutes a game, scoring a little over six points a game, a couple rebounds. Like, I mean, that's a good depth guard. Yeah, where where's he from? Can you click on his name real quick and see where he's from? I sure can. Let's see. He's from uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay, so he's close. I mean, he's close to home, basically. Yeah. Bowling, I mean Bowling Green, Kentucky. They they just got done playing at Western. That's uh, Western Kentucky, or was it at? No, I'm sorry. Western came to Wright State. So that that's a, that's a, a complete side note. But uh, Western Kentucky's in Bowling Green. Um, that's interesting. I don't know. I wonder if uh, I wonder if something was whispered. I'm t- totally speculating. I wonder if something was whispered in his ear. Hey, come on down here. I don't know. Who knows? 
Dude, That's I can it. tell you, I can tell you that these kids have so many people in their ear all the time now, especially through social media. It's crazy. I have uh, some people that like to talk to me um, about people they know, you know, on Oakland's roster, or other rosters, you know, family members or really close friends, and it's amazing the way these schools try to get get to these kids so that they're not doing anything illegal, but talking to you know this person that knows this kid and letting them know that if he did so happen to transfer, that they have this many scholarships. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, dude, I, I, there's, I mean, we see it all the time with these handlers. I mean, they're all over the place. And it's interesting because, like, we're seeing that at North Report. You know, we, uh, we, I know for, I don't want to go too, too deep into it because it's, you know, sensitive subject, but, uh, I know for a fact that we have been, that, uh, we have been called out by name, uh, to some of the coaches, um, within the program, basically saying, don't talk to these guys because we don't know them. Um, I mean, they, they know us, but they can't control us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they Absolutely. they don't know what we're what we're going to say and they don't want any leaks or anything like that. So they're telling their players and coaches not to talk to us. And it sucks because like we would never I mean, we would never, ever give away a source. Um, but it is what it is. Um, they want to control the narrative. So um, I could totally see that, to be honest with you. Makes sense. I mean, it sucks for what we do, but you can't blame them. Like if I was them, I'd be doing the same thing. Don't talk to them. You know, well, yeah, especially I mean, here's the thing, like I get when it's cro- so they're, they're they're trying to keep a handle on it. Obviously, they, they don't want it to cross these ethical lines of like you always say on Twitter, don't don't tweet at players. You always say that um, and it's because tag players and negative things ever. They, they'll read it. That's up to them. But like if I'm mad at a player and I'm tweeting about a bad game, I will not tag them in it. Well, it's not even where I'm going with this, uh, Matt, is that there's a there's a fine line that, that, that can't be crossed. I mean, uh, even even tweeting encouraging things at players like we will get st- season ticket holders at NKU. So I'm a season ticket holder. We will get uh, e- uh, letters um, basically like from compliance that say, hey, here's the do's and don'ts of being a season ticket holder, because essentially when you're a season ticket holder, you're a donor to the you're booster. To- yeah, exactly. So. If you, um, you have to play it very, you have to be very careful with what you're doing and saying, um, in, 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 on social media. Um, so so that's, I mean, that's why there's such a tight grip because look, are they going to, are, is the NCAA going to crack down because Valhalla Vanguard, which by the way, none of those guys are season ticket holders, but, um, because, because they're tweeting at Marcus Warwick who signed his 2020 or who committed for 2020. No, they're not going to crack down compliance will get to them before the NCAA does. Right. But, that's their job. But but they don't want to have to. And I think that's why that, that you know they're telling these players be careful. And then and then like, you know, to your grand point, uh they they want to stop that little stuff before it escalates into the big stuff like handlers coming and saying, hey, I mean if you did come to Western, you know, here's what it would look like. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, so he announced his transfer. So is he I guess he I guess he did it before um he finished the semester and then he, uh, you, you know, he's done, he's done, you know, no different than any other kid. You know, you finish your semester at a school and you're off to a different school. If that's what, you know, if you're not happy or whatever, you know, but, 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 but he's out, he's out now. Like he is not playing yeah. another game. Correct. Okay. So my, my question is the timing on that's very interesting. Is he going to get an extra year? Um, I know they, I know they offer the year for medical red shirt. Is he going to, I guess they're going to, I'm not really sure how it works. Like he basically wasted a season of eligibility. So he- I be, my understanding is he will get that midseason transfer where he can't play the first half of a season and is eligible at the end of the school or at the end of the first semester to what at whatever school he transfers to. Okay, I, I, yeah, I don't know how that works. So that's, ba- that, but, I mean, but ba- that's but basically, 
so so he'll have to sit out for non-conference essentially for next year and then be ready for conference wherever he goes most likely Man, it'd be brutal for Wright State if he went to like a Horizon League school. I doubt he would do it, but (laughs) yeah, I know. It'd just be funny. Um, Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? I'm never, I'm not, look, you got me on record now saying this. I'm not mad at any player ever for transferring. Um, They they got one opportunity to kind of capture lightning in a bottle and try to get people's attention and go make this into a profession. So they got to do whatever they got to do to make that happen. And I don't, you know, I could give a crap less uh, who does it when. And I'm I'm on record saying that if Jalen Tate wants to grad transfer at the end of this season, if Tyler Sharp gets an extra year of eligibility um, because of his his uh, freshman season at Louisville, um, if he gets that extra year of eligibility and he decides to grad transfer somewhere, more power to him. I'll be the I'll be the one helping him pack his bag. So, Kyle, oh. question, though, on that. What if let's say Jalen Tate gets it? What if he came out in a press conference or in a news release and said, I'm coming back, and then three weeks later he was gone? How would you feel about it? Still cool? uh, yeah, I wouldn't care. Dude, okay. I'm telling you, I, I treat this so much different than I treat than I treat professional. So, like, okay, perfect example. Um, LeBron James, right? Like, I hated him when he left Cleveland the first time. Um, absolutely despised him. But uh, but you know, he's getting paid and and he came out and he promised. I'm going to do this for this city. Like we're going to get this championship, whatever. It's all good now. It's water under the bridge. It is what it is. But from a professional standpoint, it's like there is sort of a sense. I mean, it, I, I understand it's a business, but like I, I don't feel as bad hating those guys for like jumping around, leaving teams, whatever, because they're getting paid for it and they are allowed to monetize on their name and everything like that. But for these guys, like I, I look at what they're doing. I'm not even kidding you. Maybe I'm a little too far to the left on this. But I look at what they're doing as like indentured servitude. Like I'm being dead serious. Like they deserve to do whatever they can possibly do. And the only way I would be I would be upset if that happened, if Jalen Tate came out and did that, is if it caused one of our guys to decommit. Yeah, and that makes sense. And it and it affected like a future player because then we would be screwed for two spots. But at the end of the day, like I'm not going to hold it against a kid who literally makes zero dollars to do this who finds himself in a position where he can uh, elevate his name. And really, dude, it happened with Chris Vote. Like, Chris Vote left uh, really late in the school year and w- announced that he was leaving, and it kind of screwed us. Like, we were losing Drew. Chris was the presumed starter for this year, and, like, we kind of got effed. Like, we didn't have anybody. Like, we had Silas, but, like, he's not starter material, really, you know? So well, I should probably learn to take a page out of your book and learn to get over it because I was Obviously, I'm still pretty frustrated with Javon Cumberland coming out saying he was going to be back and then taking off to Cincinnati. I, I don't mind the Cincinnati move. I, you know, we all kind of expected it, but it was, it was the no, I'm going to be here and then kind of running away in the middle of the night that just really pissed me off. But yeah, he like he like art modeled it, like he packed his bags when everyone was asleep and got out of there. I mean, he never even told Campy. Campy found him in the portal, but you know, whatever. Yeah, so, so that so okay, that's that's a character thing. That's I will say this like it'd be really hard for me to not be mad at that. I, I would mostly be disappointed that like that he would have that kind of a character. Like he, cause he spent four years with you guys, right? Uh, yeah, at least. Cause he had a, he had a red shirt medical in there at one point. He, I mean, he, he got hurt a lot at Oakland. So, I mean, so him and Campy know each other. Like, right. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like he owed Greg Campy a, a conversation. Um, and I, and no one, no one what I know about Greg, uh, or coach Campy or whatever you guys call him over there. He seems like the kind of guy that wants what's best for his players. Like he would be fine. He would be sad, but fine with it. You know, you know? he does. And uh, you know, I want to keep moving through there, but 
I can tell you, yeah. like, I was, you know, I was like everybody when Norris transferred this, you know, this offseason. I was like, are you kidding me? And I was angry about it. Like, that's someone that can't be, you know, invested in. And then he just pieced out. But when I talked to uh, Coach about it, he was like, you know what? How many freshmen do you know that went to college for a year and decided that wasn't the school they wanted to be at? That's what happened. And I went, you know what? That's legit. I can't, I can't be mad about that. So good luck to everybody, I guess. Yeah, no um, doubt, no doubt. So that that's the bad news on player personnel. So a couple good good things that came up. Um, looks like Loud and Love will be back for conference play, which you know is actually a good thing for the conference, whether we'd like want to see him, you know, against our teams or not. You know, Loud and Love yeah. is good for the conference. Yeah, and you could add Jalen Tate to that as well. Uh, he should be back. We expect. I, I don't know this a hundred percent for sure, but he should be back for the front half of conference play. Uh, Mid January is like the latest. I, I is what I'm hearing. Okay, so, that's good because I did I did not have him on my, on my uh, notes because I haven't heard anything. So we, we will see him in conference then at least. So that's good. He's not long term. Yeah, oh. it, it was an eight. It was an eight week injury, and so the what's, yeah, what's, sort of what is it? what is his injury? He actually ended, broken hand. He ended up actually getting surgery. Um, but it, again, eight weeks minimum. Um, from the time it happened. So that would have put us at the actually the Detroit Oakland road trip. Um, but my guess, this is just my guess, uh, is if he's not completely like the with the way we're playing right now, if he's not completely 100% ready to go by the Oakland, uh, by the Oakland game, which is that that Sunday, uh, I think like January 5th, maybe, um, we'll probably look to see him out one more week just to kind of recover. But again, I, th- that's the latest I've heard. But I, I I'm like a couple weeks behind on my on my on my news. So, okay. well, that's good to hear because again, yeah, I didn't, I hadn't heard anything on that one. So we got Loudon Love. He's coming off of that fractured elbow, but he's expected back for conference play. Um, that Wright State team, I will tell you what, they keep getting kind of scary. You know, when uh, he goes down and they just find pieces to put in there. That's Grant Basili has really filled in that hole, which was not expected from the freshmen. So that that's a good team. So Loudon Love coming back is going to be good for them. Uh, the other one that was announced this week is Jordan Blount be back in a week um and i'm pretty sure he was expected to be out for the season wasn't he uh i thought so i mean the way the the way the twitter uh the twitter sphere reacted to that it seemed like it was a surprise um comeback so good for him um you know yeah you, you figure uic is back to you know full strength assuming everybody's actually healthy but and you know that so that means we finally get to see this UIC team that mo- most of us thought should be really good. But then it's just hard to not count them out because you don't trust Steve McLean. I yeah I mean I don't I, it's I, it's kind of like a um, so here's a good example. Um, a lot of us here in Northern Kentucky are Cincinnati Bengals fans, and so this UIC team feels like uh, feels like those Bengals teams that kept making the playoffs every year. And you were like, okay, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. And we just looked like ass in every playoff game. And so that's kind of like what this UIC team is. It's like we've been saying this is the year for them. Or, you know, maybe not this is the year, but, like, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with, and then they'll get the sixth seed or whatever. And you're just like, okay, I guess not. So I'll believe it when I see it. That's kind of where I'm at with them. I'm to the point where I'll just believe it when I see it. I'm not going to give them any smoke or gas them up or anything uh, until I actually see it happen. So, yeah, um, definitely agree. I mean, we've talked for quite a while, you know, the past couple um, recordings about UIC and, you know, is McLean even going to last with the new AD and all that? And nothing changes there, but maybe getting the, the team back to full strength, Blount coming back, you know, 
maybe McLean's trying to push him a little bit to, you know, hopefully save his job. You, you never know. But you know what? If he's back and healthy, that's that's good for the league. Get you know, good for the team, all that stuff. So that's that's cool to see. And I I hope that that team gets rolling a little bit and can be closer to what we expected them to be. Yeah. No. But from I mean, based on what I just said, it makes it seem like I don't want USC to be good. Obviously, I do. I I, I would love for them to push us and and uh and compete really strongly i mean if if this horizon league can end up by the end of the season having five teams that are uh competitive and like really you know pushing pushing for the for the one seed then that's that's a great year for this for this league um right now it doesn't look like that's going to happen but it could so who knows awesome well those are the uh player personnel updates i had do you have anything else on that are we we good to move on to uh the week that was uh yeah no I think I think we're solid I I didn't see anything else crazy that that happened this week so I th- I think we're I think that's we're a, good that's a lot of player movement but you know end of, end of the semester so not surprised to see some things but uh yeah I mean, here we are so happy to see a lot of people on their way back you know a couple people ruled out which is you know unfortunate in my world at least we don't could definitely have used Rashad Williams this season uh, especially yeah. as a point and shooter you know both things that Oakland's missing so. As of at this moment, Youngstown State is playing the final game for the week, um, and they are currently up. So that's you know, let's pretend that they win that. If if they do defeat yeah. Southeast Missouri State, um, the Horizon League will be five and nine on the week. So even with that win, that's not a good week for the Horizon. Again, another down week for for all of us essentially. Yeah, and and it's I mean I'll just be honest with you, it's to be it's kind of becoming an expectation at this point um it's it's tough like i i went on a twitter binge uh at some point last year um about the disappointment in this league and like there's so much opportunity here i mean we have five nba cities in this league there's really there's not much reason in my opinion for for this league not to be uh at least five spots higher right now it's the 20 it was it, it ended the year last year 21st uh overall out of 32 conferences and net ranking um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be in like around, around, uh, 17, 16, 15, somewhere in that range. I, I just, there's to me, I just don't understand why it's not. So, I mean, um, Saturday we had three teams with home games, actual true home games lose. Like, I mean, Oakland's was technically a home game, but we'll talk about that in a second. Obviously not really a home game, but you know, you've got, uh, well, and we'll actually talk about Detroit Mercy next. But you had Detroit Mercy hosting Toledo. They lost at home. You had Green Bay hosting Evansville. They lost at home. You had Milwaukee hosting Eastern Illinois. They lost at home. Like, it's not protecting your home court, and that's always going to be be, yeah. be a problem. You get these guys in, you got to win these games in non-conference. Well, so the, so the Oakland and um, Detroit games, those are like, uh, the, you know, those are games I'm going to give a pass on for two different reasons. Uh, Oakland, I'll give them a pass because – I mean, look, they just don't match up well against a team like Michigan State. Um, that's just not the kind of game that Oakland's going to win. It's a great scheduling game, but I'm not I'm not mad at them for for coming out and losing that game. Now, I know you would like to see them do better, um, but that's I'm telling you from like an outside of the the Oakland hemisphere perspective, that's not a game where the rest of the league was like, oh, suck it, Oakland, you guys lost. Like, we're all you know kind of just watching that happen you know what i mean I, like we weren't really... i would have liked to have seen it kept closer than 23 i was you know i yeah, get fair enough 
I really thought that we had some matchup things that we would um, excel at. I, the one thing I was most concerned about was, you know, stopping Cassius Winston. Cassius Winston had nine points yesterday. He didn't have a no, very good game. He was three, you know, three, of thir- three of 13 from the field. He was not very good. It, it was the rest of Michigan State, which is where I thought that Oakland had a good chance. rest of Michigan State just blew up Oakland. And, you know, like Oakland, I mean, you, you they were exposed, as which is what that game is supposed to be. It's supposed to prepare them for the conference. And they were exposed. The offense is is every bit as weak as we've been saying it is. Um, and they got out-rebounded at times. Uh, Brad Brechting was a, was a black hole. I saw someone else say that somewhere. It was on a message board, Twitter maybe. Anytime the ball got to him, it, it was gone. You know, he couldn't put it in the hole. He could. He was losing it. Like, we need to see in conference from last year, Brad Brechting. We didn't have that when we needed him at MS or with MSU. But I'm not. I'm not mad about the loss. I really thought that we could keep it closer than we did. But honestly, with some of the blowouts we've seen in the horizon, a 23 point loss to Michigan State doesn't really look so bad, at least on paper. Yeah, I mean, neutral site game, a huge arena. Uh, again, a, a team that like we've already talked about this a little bit, so I don't want to go down this path again. But uh, Oakland's just not built this year to compete with Power Five programs. Like the one thing that Oakland dominates at is size, and I don't care what you do, who you have, you're not going to match up size wise to these other to the big Power Five schools. Um, a team like NKU, for instance, they offset. Like if, if NKU played Michigan State, they would have had a way better chance just because we're such a shooting team that if we get hot, we can beat anybody. Like, right. We, we've shot over 50% the last four games from the field. Like, I don't know if Oakland's ever going to have a stretch like that. Um, but I the thing is, like, know. well, but the thing is, that size translates really well to the Horizon League. So that's why I'm not so worried about Oakland, because I think that their style is so different and so contrasting to the teams at the top of the league um, that they, if if they figure it out, and I know it's a, it's a big ask because we're, uh, we're already what halfway through December. So we got conference play starting in like 13 days. So, um, Two weeks. you know, I know it's, yeah, I know it's a huge ask for Oakland to figure it out and like, but you guys got the best coach for it. So, um, I, I I'm not counting them out yet. What I was saying though, Detroit mercy, uh, we'll talk about AD not being in, but like, I, I consider it almost a moral victory for them. They played really, really well without their best player. And I think that's a confidence boost for everyone else on the court. Is like, hey, we don't need this guy to compete. I mean, they they almost beat, uh, granted at home, but they almost beat one of the best teams in the MAC uh, last last night. So, um, and that's without this thousand point scorer on their team that shoots thirty percent every game. So, really, the question <laughs> becomes: Is Detroit Mercy almost better without Antoine Davis? Is it? Did it? I, to me, it became that clear that this team is built around make AD look good, give him every opportunity to get to the NBA because that's what Daddy wants. And when he wasn't yeah. there, they had some opportunities with some some players that, you know, actually can play a little bit, you know, and they, they made some things happen. And so, I think they ran out of gas. They, they were up on Toledo most of the game. I think they just ran out of gas. Yeah. So I'll answer that. Uh, if AD comes back and plays exactly the way he's been playing, yes, this team is better without a- Antoine Davis. If if Antoine Davis was at home watching that game, which he was because he was tweeting about it. Absolutely. If he's, at home, if he's at home watching that game and saying, OK, my boys can play. And if Mike Davis has any self-awareness whatsoever and says, okay, these boys can play like, and, and they, you know, based on last night, they changed the way that they approach the game and Antoine becomes more of a get everyone else involved, which by the way, I don't know why they think him just scoring all the time is going to make him an NBA player. It's so much more to that in the NBA than scoring all the time. Look at like LaMelo ball, for instance, he had to go to Australia and like 
he's become a major facilitator and that's why he's going to be such a, you know, such a high uh, draft pick. But like in, in high school, all he was was a scorer and everyone was like, Oh, I don't even know. Is this guy a first rounder? Like, we'll see. So anyway, um, if, if they have this like awakening to, and decide to change the way they play, then yeah, the, this league is wide open in the middle for sure for them to come in and make some noise in that, you know, four to eight, four to six range. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, and, I mean, I'm I'm not a big Detroit Mercy guy. We all know that. You know, it's the it's the fun rivalry. But me either, um, me either. By the way, so you're but, good. But I think they showed a lot of things. You know, I'm not I'm not Carrick Jones. I'm not going to start predicting that. Oh yeah, we're top three finish. No, 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 no. But they showed that they are a better team than they've been showing this year, and I think that's good to see from them. If you're you know into that kind of thing, you know, yay for everybody type deal. But uh, I'm not sure that they know how to play that way with Antoine Davis. Well, yeah, no, that's a hundred percent right. Like it's, it's almost like, uh, I mean, I don't know how much basketball you play on your, on your, uh, on your time, but, um, Zero. you know, you don't want okay. that. Okay, cool, cool. So if, if, you're, uh, if you're ever picking up, so for me, I do play basketball all the time. If you ever pick up a game at, at the, at the rec or whatever gym you're a part of or whatever, and you get this one guy on the court, that's this baller and, and you know that they are, that could actually hurt your team a lot more because you're just going to stand around and watch them and like, it gets you out of the flow of the offense. They dribble the ball 30 times before they pass it. And you're just kind of like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You make a cut and you end up cutting to where they drove because you have no clue like what they're going to do. And so I think if Antoine Davis can figure out a way to become the focal point of the offense while also still getting everyone involved. Um, in fact, you know what I would do? First game back, first game he comes back, I would set up play for uh, – I would set up probably three plays right off the bat to get the ball down low and then also to get Brad Calipari a couple of wide open threes. Um, just immediately, just get them in the flow of the game, get them feeling like they're involved, and and then see what happens. Um, because if you, I mean, they're all so used to Antoine just, all right, give it to him. Let's see what he does. And uh, that, that kills them. They're one and nine or whatever they are. So. One and eight, yeah. And I mean, let's be one honest. If if I was on the court with Antoine Davis, that's absolutely what I would do. Is hey, do something with this because I'm not going to be able to. But I'm also not a Division One scholarship basketball player, and these guys are, and they they've got to be able to play. I mean, they lost by 39 in Notre Dame this week too. So to have those two different, you know, Notre Dame's really not a very good team this year. So to have those two games in one week, that that should say something to Mike Davis. And Mike Davis is a good coach. He's he's been there. He's done it. Um. It, I'll be really curious to see what this team looks like, you know, when Antoine Davis comes back. I, I heard he was out with the flu, you know, he, like you said, he was tweeting, so he's okay. But I heard he, he was hooked up to an IV and couldn't even leave the house. Like, I hope I hope he gets better. I, I like Antoine Davis. I, I've, I'm on record saying that I can't wait till he graduates and I'll cheer for him and root for that kid. Um, but the, the, that team is clearly better than they've shown. But Antoine Davis is the problem and the answer all at the same time. I'll be curious to see if Daddy Coach can uh, – Put that yeah. In. No, dude, it's a hundred percent. You you captured it because I mean he's such a nice guy. Like we'll talk crap to him and expect him to be a you know you know what about it, but he's like super cool. Like he'll he'll talk back and joke around, and he's just he's got a lot of support on Twitter. Everything he puts out, people are hyping him, and he's a well liked, well received person. So like I want him to be successful, not at the detriment of NKU. But I want him like, dude, I'm on record. Like when, when I watched him play NKU last year in the Horizon League open round, uh, 
like opening game at NKU. And that dude was getting everything he wanted. He made some of the most difficult shots I've ever seen from a mid-major basketball player in, in person. I, I was unbelievable. And I was, I said, I, I turned to my friends. I said, that's the best player I've ever seen, um, you know, play at this level. Um, and, and I, and I've stand by it and like, I, I want to see him be successful, but it's not going to come, uh, the way it's, the way it's going right now. He's, he's just, I don't think he, I think he's had one or two games, maybe over, over 40% from the field this is this, this year. He is the third best player I've watched in person at this point. And the other two have been in the NBA for at least a cup for at least a little bit. One of them being Kay Felder, who had you know he had his cup of coffee in the NBA. Now he's overseas in China. Kay Felder on the oh, floor, yeah. amazing. And then Kendrick Nunn before he got hurt, because don't forget he was really hurt a lot of the year at OU. But before yeah. he got hurt, that dude was impressive, and we're seeing why in the NBA right now because he is yeah just, yeah yeah. All yeah. One. But, That's uh, fair. I I I, I take it back. Uh, Kay Felder Kay Felder was probably the only player I've ever seen um, in this league where I've legitimately where I was just saying, I, "What do you do with this guy? How do you stop him?" Right. I mean, you, you couldn't. So I. But that was also back when NKU was ass in this league. So <laughs> uh, I think we went nine and twenty-one that year overall. So yeah, well, well, welcome to the big leagues. You know, or bigger I league. I guess not even the big leagues. Welcome to the big yeah. league. All uh, right. Anything else from this just putrid week that is worth discussing for you? I mean, we've got just a lot of losses. I mean, the and I don't feel great about any of the wins. Do you do you feel great about it? like anything from NKU side of things or anything like that? Well, I, mean, I mean, look, we can't pick who they put us against, right? Like, we, I'm not I'm not sitting here gonna I'm not, and be and gonna beat my chest over this particularly, but um, on paper it looks pretty good. We went two and zero against the MAC this year. Uh, Ball State and Miami, so take it for what it is. Uh, we went we went one and zero against the OVC, who is a conference that turned us down um, when we first tried to go D one. So that always feels good. We beat the piss out of Eastern, um, and then today we beat uh, we beat uh, Illinois State. And I know that Illinois State's not a world beater, but you know that's the MVC. That's a conference that we'd love to. Uh, you know, us NKU fans, we're always kind of looking for what could be next if down the road. Um, that, that's, that, that's a school or a conference that sort of aligns with, um, with our demographic. Uh, and so it's nice to go one and zero against them on the year. So look, I'm a big fan of the win today. We were only favored by Vegas by five. We beat them by, uh, 15 Tyler Sharp had 30. So, um, I'm happy about it. Uh, and I tweeted this out from the North report account. Um, you know, the rest of the league was down this week, so you can count on NKU on Sunday to bring it back up. <laughs> So, well, and you know what, I mean, you got to be, re- like you said, you, you know, can only do so much with scheduling. We all know the, the troubles with scheduling, but <coughs> excuse me, fighting a cold, uh, troubles with scheduling, especially for mid-majors. And the truth is Northern Kentucky and Wright State keep winning their games. What, you know, whether they're the best world beater opponents, you know, there's nothing crazy, but, but they're winning their games and that's what the league needs. You know, is this Illinois State win sexy? No, but it was, it was a win that was needed and you, you won your game. Like you said, you, you beat Beat them by 15 instead of the five you were favored by. So that's a pretty good day. I like that bet. Yeah, and we'll consider – I mean, here's the thing. We'll look at uh, – we'll really know what's going on. I mean, granted, we won't really know what's going on until we get tape back and we get to see how that all works. But, like, uh, this this UNC-Greensboro game is – I mean, even more so than the Arkansas and uh, Mizzou games. This is probably the biggest game of the season um, so far. Uh, and it's going to close out our conference play. Um, they're That's a they're – a, you're talking this upcoming week, right? That we're gonna start talking about what what what's up on the horizon for the horizon. This yeah, week. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of the game. No, no, here, no. It's, but, time. it's time. We're, but, we're we're there. 
Cool. Let's segue into it then. Talk <laughs> to me about this game. Tell, tell me why this game is important. Yeah. Uh, well, so they finished, uh, I believe. So I was looking at two different things uh, between Ken Palm or net. I can't remember which one it was. They were 27th in one and 32nd in the other last year. Um, they were a really, really good team. Uh, UNC Greensboro, that is. And um, we play them at UNC Greensboro uh, this coming week. And um, they're, you know, yet again, they're, they're right up there again. They're eight and two. I, I, actually, I take that back. I think they're eight and three now. Um, they just lost on a buzzer beater today to uh, NC State around the same time that NKU was, was playing. So, you know, losing on a buzzer beater to an ACC school, it's, it's a little scary. So, um, I, you know, it's just it's a huge game for us. And like I, I said that, you know, more so than the Mizzou game, because we're not going to really see teams like that too much the rest of the season, except until we get to the tournament, uh, if, if we do. Um, and then Arkansas is kind of the same way. Like those are those are both games where like those are like what the hell games. Like if you win that game, great. If not, OK, hopefully we at least look good. Um, but when we play UNC Greensboro, I mean, that is a that is a mid-major team that like people know. And so if we win that game, you know, mid-major madness is talking about it. We maybe make the mid-major madness top 25. Uh, so, you know, this is a big one for us, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with all that. I, like I said, they weren't really on my, uh, my radar, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you I'm a big UNC Greensboro guy. You know, I just kind of glanced over it. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you wanted to discuss it. So, hey, I'm willing to give you the floor to, to educate me on why that game's big. And, I mean, any game's big right now for the Horizon because we just need to win games. But, you yeah. know. I just get I just get really excited about really good uh, horizon or really good uh, mid major competition. So um, because the way I see it is it's a way to test ourselves against other like opponents, right? Like we're not going up against Missouri. There, that's a team that had four or five or four four star recruits. Like we're we we do not have any four star recruits. In fact, we lost our only three star recruit. Actually, I think Dantes was a three star, but. Um, you know, Chris Vote was a three star. He's gone. So like, it's just it's hard to it's hard to really judge um, ourselves against those teams. It'd be, it'd be great to beat them, but this is like a game where they're, they're an established, or at least recently established, uh, mid major school, and I think that that is the best way for us to sort of like show this like mid major community that that really like we're for you know we're someone to be reckoned with this year. That well, that's why I'm a big fan of it. You know. I'm I'm good with all that truly. So that and that game's on Saturday. Let's back up a couple days. Let's let's look at Wednesday yeah. real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Um, you've got DePaul going to Cleveland State, which kind of surprised me. I'm not sure what the you know this one. I wish Bob was here because I'm sure he could tell me why DePaul owes a game to Cleveland State at Cleveland State because I know DePaul's not been great the past you know however long, forever at this point. But they're having a good year right now, and for for DePaul to be going to Cleveland State, you know, in front of their 150 fans on their own, you know, that's <laughs> Actually, that'll probably be a good day for Cleveland State because I have a feeling a lot of those DePaul fans will show up if DePaul has fans that want to travel. You know, I'll be curious to see that if that's one of the better attendance days for, for Cleveland State. But uh, that that's a game that stood out to me just to have DePaul coming into Cleveland State. Um, the other game on uh, on Wednesday that, you know, is interesting but isn't going to go well is uh, Oakland goes to Syracuse. Um, Syracuse yeah. is 5-5. Five and five. They're, they're not a great team this year, but Oakland goes to Syracuse – about every other year, Campy and, Bay- and Bayheim are, are good friends, good buddies, and uh, it never goes. But like Oakland, at least has had some games with Michigan State where they've almost won one. They've kept some close. They, you know, don't get embarrassed. 
I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm just playing off the top of my head, I feel like Oakland always gets embarrassed at Syracuse. They can't handle that zone. Um, I was talking to Campy about about that, about the Syracuse game a couple weeks ago, and I said, you know, they always say to break to break that zone, you got to have, you know, a big up top. And I said, Who, who's going to be that guy for Oakland? He goes, I don't know who passes well enough. He, and he said something about Xavier Hill, or X will tell you it's going to be him and that he's a great passer, but I don't think it's going to be him. It probably will be X, but he, he, you know, he wasn't too big on X being the guy up top breaking that zone. So um, that's just a game, yeah. like I said, and it never goes well for us, but it, it's cool for them to play at the Carrier Dome. It's a, it's a cool venue, you know, they like that. Well, it's good for recruiting too. I mean, it's, look, you might get your ass whooped by them, but like to be able to show the non-conference schedule that you guys have had to, to you know, recruits, um, telling them you're going to get your opportunity to play under the bright lights. I mean, that's, I think I'm not saying it's going to like move the needle totally, but it definitely helps. I mean, it's better than NKU playing uh, these NAIA schools or whatever. So uh, kudos to Campy on this, on the scheduling and you, you can't win those games if you don't schedule them. So um, that's another thing, but yeah, as far as the two, three goes, uh, man, you guys really are going to be missing Javen and Braden Norris in that game. I, you know, I'm not saying you would win the game, but like the way, the way to, as Campy said, the, he's dead on, obviously 36, 36 years. Year so he knows so he knows he's done this once. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. Um, sorry. I, I just, I, I got an echo there. I don't know if that was, if you heard that or not, but it kind of threw me off. Um, he, uh, you know, he's dead on. You get the ball to the middle, everything else breaks down. As long as that middle guy is a good passer. So like Braden Norris gets an open three, uh, Oladapo cuts along the baseline. Brechting, you know, m- might be playing high low as well with with it, with Xavier. Unfortunately for you guys this year, it's just I don't see the guard play to be able to supplement the big guys to beat that two three. But who knows? Well, exactly, and you know, uh, I think Bercy's been playing that same zone too. So you know, well, it, it's good for our guys to to get a look at it so they can figure out you know what that looks like when they do see it. So. So that, yeah. that's just, like I said, another game that kind of stood out to me. You've got UIC going to Illinois State on Wednesday. So, you know, just I like to see how teams compare against like teams. So, you know, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, you said you said USC is going to Illinois State? Correct. And so that's interesting because DePaul is going to Cleveland State and DePaul just played UIC. So we get to see a little bit of comparative uh, exactly. analysis or do a little bit of comparative analysis because these are so close together. So I, I like that. And then uh, looking ahead at Saturday real quick here, um, we got another one. We've got West Virginia traveling to Youngstown State, which is surprising to me again. You know, that's I wouldn't imagine that, that West um, Virginia is going in there, but okay. So that's interesting. I don't – I'm not going to speculate at all, but uh, former NKU um, point guard back in the D2 days and I think one year of D1, uh, Ethan Faulkner is an assistant coach at Youngstown. And West Virginia uh, goes back. Uh, there's some relationships there. I'll, I'll just tell you that there's some relationships between West Virginia and NKU. We actually, they're the only ranked team that's ever played at the at uh, our arena um, on the men's side because there was a relationship between Huggins and our first uh, D1 coach, Dave Beasled. And Ethan was on that team. And there's like, there's some other, you know, assistants along the lines that, um, you know, I, I, I don't know through the coaching trees. There's, there's some relationships. I'm not saying that's the reason, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if somehow that's, that's sort of some of the things that were leveraged to get that, to get that game. Cool. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that just glancing at it, trying to figure out how some of these things happen. Like that's, that's a weird one. The other game on Saturday for us to be aware of, and you know, 
is uh, Milwaukee to going to Wisconsin. And I'm not going to tell you that I can tell you a whole lot about, about it, but but I think that's a big one in their world. Yeah, I mean, it's I <laughs> I haven't seen anything from Milwaukee this year to say like that I'm excited to see the outcome of that game. But crazy, like I said, I said this earlier, crazy crazier things have happened. So the Horizon League, I'll tell you, I'll say this. Uh, the Horizon League has just had a piss showing in non-conference. Um, we need a big week. And so if we can pull off two of these games, even one of these games, I'll take it. Uh, you know, these, of, 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 of the Oakland, Syracuse, DePaul, Cleveland State, West Virginia, Youngstown, um, and Milwaukee and uh, Wisconsin games. Of those four games, if we can pull off one of those, um, that's a huge win for the league as a whole, in my opinion. You know what? I think that's exactly where we're at, and you know what? That's probably a good place to leave that, leave all this, because it's been a crappy week, and we gotta, you know, we've been saying that for a couple weeks now. So we're gotta hope that some of these games come through. We gotta hope that you guys take care of business and continue on that trend. And everyone needs to get some wins getting into non-conference here. Yeah. Well, here's the good news: is this should be the last game uh, for most of us heading into the conference schedule. So non-conference is about to be over, and now we can all just beat beat the hell out of each other in the conference play can't wait and all all the twitter trash talk will come back we'll all stop liking each other i can't i love that stuff that's the fun <laughs> stuff speak for yourself man i try to do my best uh not to stay neutral on twitter but i try to i try to be nice um there's enough there's enough crap talkers uh that are branded nku um for me to be <laughs> able to do that so you're you're out there holding the fort pretty much on your own so all right, I'm I'm cool with that. I've I've gotten better, especially since I started doing this. I've tried to become more neutral and learn more about everybody. I watch more games. So, all yeah, right, well, this is the part where Bob usually does his uh his buffer out, and he tells you you can you know catch Horizon Roundtable on Twitter and the Facebook's there. Um, you can listen to the podcast at all the different places where podcasts are. I'm a Spotify guy. I don't know how I ended up using Spotify for podcasts all the time, but that's where I listen. Where do you listen, Kyle? same so we we put our we actually have a podcast for norse report um we have a couple different shows we put them out on soundcloud as our hosting service um just because it's it's free and it's easy or it's free for everyone to listen to and it's easy to use but i'm a spotify guy myself we also have apple podcasts too so right on so yeah you can catch kyle and norse report online you can catch me online bob horizon roundtable all that so uh, with that, let's hope for a better week I, from the horizon. I got, I got, I got one closing thing to say. Yeah, man, go for it. Um, so no matter how bad it gets for the league, all right, no matter how bad it gets for every, for whatever team you're a fan of, if you're a mercy fan, no matter how bad it's getting for you guys this year, at least you're not an Oakland Raiders fan at the end of the game, last game ever in Oakland, um, they threw trash on the field today. So they were throwing trash at the, at their players, at the team, whatever. Um, and that was hilarious to watch. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out on Twitter. It's amazing. Awesome. All right, Kyle, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate not having to talk to just myself. I'm sure everybody listening appreciates not having to just listen to me. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. See you. Thanks, everybody.